I'm Amy. Hi, I'm Roisin. Hi, I'm Tara. Welcome to Yannick Boom. One of you guys have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, we we never agreed who was saying the thing. Are we giving up on the thing? No. The sporadic, the sporadic podcast <laughs> hosted by three us three deadly feminist midwives, deadly feminist midwives <laughs> discussing women's reproductive and sexual health and, se- and sexual health. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's it. Yay! That's it. That's it. Yay! We got it. We got it. <laughs> we definitely got it. <laughs> How are you both? Best one. Best one yet. Good. Good. How are you? Good. Yeah. Great. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um. So this episode we are discussing the fourth trimester. And I personally am five months out of the fourth trimester. I'm into mm. the... <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to be like extending it. <laughs> I'm into the sixth trimester. That's another episode. Um, <laughs> so we are going to chat to you about the fourth trimester, what it is. We're going to look at different cultural practices around the world. And then we are going to share our wisdom on the fourth trimester. Oh. My bit's going to be very short. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so who's going to kick us off? So I'll start us off. Okay, so the fourth trimester is the first 12 weeks following the birth of your baby. And it marks a very significant time for both the baby and the parents. So the baby is adjusting to life outside the womb and parents are coming to terms with their new role as parents. So the transition from womb to room I thought you both might like that. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's huge for babies. Um, so imagine being held and supported in a warm bag of fluid for over nine months, being constantly rocked, fed on demand, treated to ambient noise and a temperature controlled environment. And suddenly you're born and you emerge into a loud, cold, bright world where all of a sudden you're expected to suddenly adjust to this massive sensory overload. And on top of that, your caretakers are expecting you to sleep in the equivalent of a cold hard box. So that's just the baby's <laughs> perspective. Um, so for parents, this is also just a massive um, period of readjustment. Overnight, your life changes from you being mostly, I suppose, an independent person to suddenly having to care for another tiny little human 24 7 um during this time as well parents can be processing the birth experience but they may not feel like they have much time to think or talk about it either to each other or to other people and during the pregnancy um the gaze is so much on the pregnant person um and all of a sudden when Mm -hmm. the baby's born that whole gaze just suddenly shifts and People aren't really asking you how you are. People, all of the, everything is kind of focused on the baby. Um, so this coupled with a sense of responsibility for this tiny human that you have to keep alive, uncertainty, are you doing everything right? It can lead to people feeling kind of really raw, very vulnerable. But it can also be a really wonderful and really special time when you get to know your baby and you start mm-hmm. falling in love with them, basically. Um, so it's also lovely I don't want to just say that it's it's all hard because there's really lovely moments (laughs) there as well (laughs) it's shit (laughs) Um, so when I I we were having a chat and we were kind of thinking when was this expression first coined so obviously Tara you're going to discuss other cultures and their practices and so historically this has been a kind of a protected time so you know 
a baby is born and then other you know family members communities kind of gather around and help people but the first kind of coining of the phrase um the fourth trimester that was back in 2002 mm-hmm. by an american pediatrician called harvey karp so he is kind of basically into big sleep um he subsequently sounds like a character doesn't <laughs> he big, big sleep Harvey he's Karp. into big sleep so um I found a, yeah, a, New, a New York Times article that kind of had something about it like that. But I, anyway, he went on and um, subsequently he invented a really um, expensive. It's kind of like I would say it's kind of like a 70 cinema experience style cost. <laughs> so, <laughs> a dry flotation time for babies. <laughs> have you, have you been, did you ever go to the 70 cinema on Cable Street? No, oh, yeah. I remember that. You no. haven't lived. <laughs> you haven't lived. <laughs> I think I did one in um, Universal Studios. I thought or that one just showed porn. <laughs> no, it, no it, it was it. It squirts water in your face, air, smell. Well. Um, <laughs> so imagine that, except it in cough form. So basically, okay. you're in a cot. Okay. You're buckled into it's a all cot. encompassing. It rocks you. Basically, this cot does all of the things that well-meaning people will tell you that you shouldn't be doing with your baby. And then charges you. So all the stuff people are like, don't be rocking them, don't be holding them, don't yeah. be, uh, don't be swallowing them, don't be kissing them too much, don't be. This does it all. <laughs> um, <Kissing> so <laughs> it's got like one of those electronic fish that just slaps them in the face, and it's like a wet kiss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or the one. Um, has anyone seen the thing you can attach to your buggy that rocks your baby's buggy for you? Yeah. So one of my friends who um hmm. she's very wise and she kind of said it's really irritating that there's people making money from all this stuff that we're being told is harmful. You know, yeah. such yeah. as the fish slappers and the I hope people know what we're talking about with that, don't they? <laughs> I don't. Fish slapper. It's you know the, oh my the God. slapping yes, fish. The cat toy, the cat toy. I have yeah. one downstairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, are they not specifically made for babies? No, it's a cat toy. Oh. Well, no, I'm thinking of the one that like it's... Attached y- to the baby's back. It, yeah, but the this one looks like one like... Remember they used to have them, those novelty things where they were mounted on a picture frame? Yeah. Oh, the... And you pressed... It was like motion yeah. censored and it sang Billy to you as you walked past. Or whatever it was called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just one of them that someone had ingeniously <laughs> strapped to their baby to like pat them to sleep. That's what somebody did, but it's a cat toy. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's a JML cat toy. I have it downstairs. <laughs> you used it on both this, children really this episode. This episode is brought still to you tied by, to Rosa. by JML. <laughs> um, um, always looking for that spawn. Anyone out there? Um, no, it's a cat toy that we got for Pickle who, and he has zero interest in it. Oh. He's too cool for toys. Well, I know some new, he is some new cool parents for toys. that would absolutely kill for that. I know I saw a video of a kid that's like on like a levitating seat yes. and it's on its tummy and the cat thing is stuck to its bum and it's like yeah, smacking yeah, yeah, its yeah. bum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But I didn't know, is there a wet one that does kisses or are you just, just a different version of that? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, <laughs> okay. just taking it to the next level. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be out soon in yeah. fairness. Yeah. There has I to think- be. But Amy, like your friend is so right yeah. that that like the whole time of your fourth trimester, I think, is a lot of times being told what you shouldn't be doing. 
yeah what you're not allowed to do what's yeah. gonna ruin you and ruin your baby yeah and somehow you're meant to get through it all without doing any of this stuff yeah. Yeah, and we, we were gonna talk about like the influence of capitalism like there you go like yeah. you shouldn't be rocking your baby but you can buy something to do it for you yeah and if your baby yeah. wakes up it's gonna be blasted with white noise yeah so long as they're sheep. dependent on the like the motorized <laughs> electronic tool and not you, then it's all fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you do it, you'll ruin the baby. But if the machine is doing like, it God for forbid, they're actually attached to you and develop a loving bond where they think that you provide them trust and comfort when they need it. Now, obviously, just to say that we are in no way slagging off machines like no, no. one. No, we're, I've bought them myself. Yeah, and also like. like you need a white noise machine. You can't make the white noise yourself. Well, you could try. Yeah, precisely. Oh, no, this is not to say that I didn't buy a secondhand uh, swing chair off of Dundee <laughs> for 80 euro in a moment of desperation by any stretch because I needed something to put my baby down into. Yeah, 100%. But uh, it's just mad that, yeah, you're in those moments of desperation and you think, well, I know what I'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and people will do like people have spent so much money like we were really lucky that oh, we were mad. kind of among the last of our friends to have a baby and we're just gifted so many different chairs devices sleeping um kind of areas that were all <laughs> rejected one by one you've got piles of clothes in yeah. every room in those things amy because <laughs> at one point like one of our parents came over and went do you mind me asking how many seats you think you need <laughs> yeah oh I remember like saying to Kev I was like she has more seating surfaces in every room in this house than yeah. we do yeah. she like, has a chair the only fun. one that was ever fully came in handy is the one in the toilet for when she was watching me going to the toilet and watching me shower <laughs> what about the kneeling pad in the toilet Amy does that does that come in oh, handy yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah if anyone um is on the lookout for a kneeling pad for any reason, get in touch. <laughs> what? You know, someone gave us a kneeling pad for like when it's you're supposed on to be your... for bathing the baby, but it's actually for getting back into things. other things we were... for new yeah. parents. <laughs> your knees may not quite have the movement they did previously. <laughs> Here's a Fisher Price with complete with farmyard scene for you to use. At your leisure. <laughs> oh, that's so it's funny. It's too good. It's too yeah. good. Um, but yeah, like I think I was saying to you guys, like I went to visit someone. I was doing a postnatal visit the other day, and I went to visit um a mum, a new mum, and she had like a four four day old baby, and she's breastfeeding, and the baby's breastfeeding really, really well. But I could see in her like how tired she was. You know, like she's sitting on the chair, she's holding this baby, and the baby's asleep in her arms, and then kind of like whatever I was at the baby at, so the baby mooched and like was feeding and whatever and the mom was like yeah yeah no I, I I got like I got like two hours sleep last night and I was like I've been there like I, that was me and I said to her I was like you know I really would encourage you today if you can like if you've give, given the baby a really good feed do try to like like lie down in the bed and if you can like to put the baby down she's like so it's not in my arms all the time I was like no I was like, that's absolutely fine. Like, you can't spoil your baby. She's like, so she gets used to other people instead of me. And I was like, no, not so that she gets used to other people instead of. She was like, 
I don't think I'm going to spoil her. I was like, no, you're absolutely not going to spoil her. I was like, you need to sleep. I was like, you need yeah. to put her down so that you can sleep for yeah. a couple of hours. I was like, your mother-in-law is here. Your partner is here. I was like, let them keep an eye on her. And you yeah. go and actually close your eyes for a couple of hours because they're hanging out of your head. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And it's so like, you're always just so afraid that you're doing something wrong, aren't you? Like, it's yeah. just. Yeah. It's... That just reminded me, Tara, of a day you came over to my house mm-hmm. and let me go up and take a shower. Mm-hmm. And did you empty my dishwasher or load my dishwasher or something like that and I was just like this is so bad like I can't even look after my baby and just wash myself and keep my house tidy like I'm so embarrassed you did the same for me and I felt so like I was up in the shower and I was like oh god oh like what should I be doing this like is this okay like it was the guiltiest shower I've ever taken Oh, you'll have more. But you'll it was have lovely at the same. <laughs> it was lovely at the same time. Like it was genuinely amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's just the just such that weird like. Well, it's just the mindset because in Ireland, um, we were talking earlier on. So we're now doing what's the name in research terms when you reference some a secondary reference. So referencing Mother of Pod, yeah. referencing the Burnt Toast podcast. Plagiarising. No. <laughs> um, so Mother of Pod, um, one of our favourite pods, did an episode on Burnt Toast, which was discussing um, motherhood, basically, and kind of momfluencers. Um, and one of yeah. the things that they were kind of discussing was snapback and this perception of, you know, what yeah. your life is meant to look like. Yeah. yeah, getting back out there. This was my dream PhD topic. Yeah. I wanted to do like cultural and social mm. like experiences of motherhood in Ireland. Yeah. And like the influences that feed into that and all the like celebrity culture of like photo shoots when you're pregnant, photo shoots with your baby being perfect, photo shoots of your snapback body. Yeah. yeah. Like and what that says to us about how we mother mm. now and what it's meant to look like very interesting I yeah. certainly did not mm. snap back I'm still waiting <laughs> <laughs> my boomerang body is still way way out there boomerang <laughs> any day now it's gonna come flying back to me yeah um yeah and I guess that that is part of it isn't it like uh, like you were saying Amy like that it is the transition to motherhood it is the transition mm. to parenthood and like I mean, I'm still on that transition and my older girl is nearly seven. <laughs> I wish she nearly seven. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a con. Well, it's a constant. It's a constant it's a, yeah. state of flux. It's, <laughs> it's a constant transition. Yeah, I definitely remember saying to Kev in the early days, like a good few times, I'd be like, I, it just dawned on me that she's always here yeah. <laughs> like we're uh, we're never gonna be alone again yeah. like yeah yeah even when she's not here like her presence is with us all the time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we're always thinking about her thinking about what to do with her thinking about what's yeah. okay with her what's not okay with her like all of yeah. that it's, yeah like it's mad it it's a such a shift yeah massive speaking of speaking which, of which. <laughs> <laughs> that brings me nicely on to the, our next topic um no that just like is something that I think again Amy like you were saying has been around for such a long time but maybe not named mm. necessarily until much more recent times 
Um, and I think it's about certainly in Western eight countries. or ten. Yeah. Eight or ten years ago that um, this woman, Alexandra Sachs, gave a TED talk on matrescence, um, which is kind of the term that's been given nowadays to this kind of radical identity shift for the mother. Mm. Um, And basically, like looking into it, there's lots of sort of research or literature talking about it as a concept but maybe not having named it in the past Mm -hmm. like this that you know when the new baby is born a new mother is born and all this but this kind of term of matrescence is what's the word I'm looking for like mirrors mirrors the term adolescence oh yeah I was gonna say it's like it's a like it's now like a named phenomenon that people can like theorize exactly yeah and Basically, what it's saying is that the mother um, goes through this radical identity shift similar to what we would have done in our teenage years that's sort of fueled in like discovering yourself or as a new mother sort of rediscovering yourself, but also kind of underpinned with this whole sort of hotbed of like shifting hormones and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's like a kind of a cauldron of all this like emotion and highs and lows and basically like this uh, like go uh, we'll link it in the show notes Alexandra Sachs's TED talk it's like seven or eight minutes I think and she just touches on the fact that like if we are to accept that as a concept then we have to use it to like inform how we are are with new mothers Mm. and like with each new baby that you have you go through a new transition of motherhood that it's not just you become a mother with your first baby and then you're just used to it and it's grand that like every time this happens Mm. you have shifting hormones you're adapting to a new sense of identity because you're a new mother Mm. to this new baby and that it's like an awakening and new mothers sort of need to be given the space to have those highs and lows of this is amazing and I'm absolutely mad about my baby and I'm so in love and this is the best thing I ever did and then five minutes later be like crying into a pillow going I just want to put them down yeah like I just want to put them down and I want to walk outside the house and I want to breathe and that all of those mood shifts and everything need to be sort of honored and cared for and I like I thought it was really interesting because like really when I think about my own matrescence Mm -hmm. I don't know if I did allow myself that space to have those highs and lows I think I put a big expectation on myself to be the kind of steady constant Mm. you know even though things were hard and I was tired and it was a big change and everything I thought I had to be Mm -hmm. not perfect but just reliable in that you know Nell was the most important person and the person going Mm. through so much and getting used to the new world and all the noise and the light and the stuff that you were saying Amy and I never really sort of said like you need the same Mm. and I said I used to say that all the time to women I was looking after on the postnatal ward that new mothers need to be mothered yeah and you need things that your baby needs like you need to be kept warm and fed Mm -hmm. and feel Mm -hmm. cuddled and loved and supported and it's the time for you to let your family embrace you and then well maybe because I was doing it in part of a pandemic that I was like 
I don't everything I have to stay like even keel here kind of thing it was funny um and there's another woman who's done loads of work in this area now she's an Australian woman I'm gonna butcher her name so apologies if she's listening (laughs) Um, (laughs) shout out shout out Amy <laughs> Amy Taylor Kabaz Kabats okay. I don't know um so she basically heard this term matrescence I think her third child was born prematurely and she was having a really hard time and she heard it at some point in her journey mm-hmm. with having a sick baby in NICU um or maybe no do you know actually oh, sorry my phone is um um she was on bed rest for how long did she say I was just listening to her audiobook the other day Mm. I think something mad like from 21 weeks to 38 weeks she was on bed rest with cervical shortening and literally she was signed off of bed rest and within three days her baby was out But like she had this whole time where she was just trying to keep him in yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And she started to learn about all these concepts and stuff. So she does like these, I wouldn't say they're, uh, I presume in pre-pandemic times, they were like sort of retreats and stuff mm. where women would go and learn about matrescence and learn about honoring that time. And I think one of the really important things she goes through is that it doesn't have to happen when you're, a new mum that you can look back on that time and really look back on that person that you were becoming a new mum and sort of hold I hate this term hold space for that person (laughs) when you can yeah and sort of apply that kind of care and love it's like looking back at your younger self through your adolescence Mm. and the things that you've learned Mm. since then and kind of what you would say to your younger self the same kind of thing for to your new mum self let's say so she has a lovely book called mama rising i think that's the name of her website too potentially Mm. or something matrescency or whatever but she has loads of like you can sign up for a course now they're a little bit expensive if you ask me but and like it depends on how involved you would want to get in that but for people like such big implications I think in like mental health for new mums to think if we yeah learned more about how to care for a woman going through this massive Mm -hmm. identity Mm -hmm. shift if we kept that to the forefront of our mind when we're providing care Mm -hmm how different it would make our postnatal care potentially I was looking at like some like sociological and anthropological research as well which was kind of referencing like understanding this like concept of matrescence kind of should inform that women need a physical and a mental space in postnatal care where they feel sort of supported and strengthened and empowered like totally cared for and that like this whole that's what this whole fourth trimester thing is trying to do yeah yeah but like where is that kind of landing you know and the lining the pockets of various people with gadgets and yeah that maybe it's yeah yeah maybe maybe the focus is not in the right place yeah yeah because your 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 care stops if you're I was lucky enough to have care two weeks after because I was a planned home birth. But after that, then. Yeah. You're I was, in your you own. know, but I mean, I was lucky I got two weeks. Most people 
get My, yeah, a, a day days. in hospital and if they're lucky yeah. they get community the community major free team which is what you yeah. do Tara um, yeah usually up to day five like the other yeah. day like we had a, a family who needed like a day six visit and it was gonna it was gonna be like okay let's see what the numbers are like tomorrow and hopefully we can get them a day six visit yeah it's like this is someone who's you know not having a straightforward breastfeeding experience um and what like what, like are we just gonna leave her high and dry do you know um it's hard to know isn't it and not i mean and not even not everyone is even getting that then i mean you're kind of no you've got your public health nurse um coming to see and obviously some public health nurses have done their midwifery before um but it seems to be i found with the pandemic i was on a group of um mothers whose babies were all due in june and it was really mixed as to the levels of support that we were getting yeah sure Um, it was all it was was the case yeah like and it's kind of it's postcode dependent like a lot of things in ireland yeah yeah, like yeah. definitely I had great public health nurse care like they because of the pandemic mm. in a mm. way mm. because they were like, do not come to us. We'll come to you if you want the baby weighed, even if it's three times a week, we'll come to you. We can't have you come into the health center because what if everybody came to the health center? So like I literally could just ring yeah. and be like, um, you know, her feeding's gone down a bit or I can't get as much top ups into her or whatever. Would you come and wear? And they'd be like, we'll be there this afternoon. And then I saw other women on Twitter being like, I can't get to my public health nurse in the health centre because I have a two week Mm. old baby and a toddler. And what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mad. People weren't kind of getting developmental checks in some areas. And it was very different. Anyway, that's probably a topic in and of itself. Yeah. But yeah, just interesting to see that like maybe where we approach postnatal care from like such a physiological perspective mm-hmm, 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 and such mm-hmm. a like the baby is here now, the baby needs to feed, the baby needs to have wet and dirty nappies, the baby needs to be gaining weight yeah. or the mum needs to be healing, the mum needs to have no signs of infection and so on and so forth. But actually maybe if we twisted it and looked at it from... Yeah a psychological and a sociological experience that maybe it would really change how we plan our care. Maybe birth centres would become more of a thing because we would know that the environment is just as important for afterwards and starting off the fourth trimester right, for want of a better word, is so important because then the new mother is going to be in such this state of flux and if we can ease that in any way how different it could be God, yeah mm. yeah but um uh, yeah sorry i'm just like i know we're going to talk about it in a while sorry i'm just thinking about what it was like the first 12 weeks of now when i had my first baby <laughs> yeah um okay <laughs> i know it's like as you're both um, talking i'm listening and just think it's hard it's so hard not to immediately reflect isn't it yeah, I know. Think straight back to it. Yeah, like Roisin's like talking about like how there's such an em- an emphasis on like the physiological stuff, and the, so this is this this leads into what I have written down, right? So, I'm I I had a quick look at kind of cultures around the world, like different uh, practices around the world, um, and so in our Western cultures, there's so much of this, like talking about bouncing back, and I know I told you guys, um, a few weeks ago about how, um somebody very prominent in my life just kept telling me 
um, you know, after I'd had a really traumatic emergency section the first time, you know, soon now, see, as soon as she's six weeks old now, you get out with that buggy and you just get walking and you get that baby weight off. And I was just like, okay, yeah, grand. Um, and it was all just horrendous and traumatic. Um, and yeah, you were just... on couch to 5k. You revealed that to us recently, and we, we were like, yeah, I, tr- I tried to do couch to 5k around Harold's Cross Park and pushing, <laughs> pushing a McLaren oh stroller. Um, and, um, <laughs> and um, ended up with like what I thought was just a horrendous migraine, and um, and actually, it turned out to be gastritis. Like, I was so sick, you I ended up so in Ill. so much pain. I thought I was going to end up admitted to James's hospital. I was screaming with the pain. It was worse than being on Maxint. <laughs> like it was oh. unbelievable pain. Um, and it was all down to like stress um, uh, yeah. for a number of reasons, but definitely trying to do the couch to 5K on my first ever time of ever, Not ever running ever. Like having never run, like barely even run for the bus <laughs> before that. Like, <laughs> oh, you poor, poor thing. I'm laughing, but I it's, definitely, it's awful. It was horrendous. Yeah. Like, what was I doing? Like, I do have a memory of someone telling me that someone told them, and they were then passing this advice on to me, that it was really important that I leave the baby in the first six oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure, that people are <laughs> so obsessed. That, like, so like, natural. Yeah. You just got to start it early and just keep leaving them then. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just mad. Yeah. So um, I think we'll I'll... do at the end. We might do worst advice, best advice. What okay. advice would you give someone? All right. Let me give you a couple of examples here of, of things that people do. Will I? Yeah. Um, okay. Right. So in um, ethno kinship uh, cultures, um so countries with ethno ethno kinship cultures. Okay, so we're looking at East and South Asia. Um we are thinking of on the Middle East. So they have a more like a protracted and really, really supported like as we've kind of all been saying, we've all kind of been echoing the same things here the whole time. Um all right, but one that I found interesting in Japanese culture. Now here we go. I'm gonna try and say this. Satogairi. Bunben. Satogairi Bunben. Uh, typically involves the woman travelling to her family home at 32 to 35 weeks to be cared for by her mother until eight weeks postpartum. So a lot of these things... Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot of these things are kind of like around about, say, the six-week kind of period. Like, whatever, about the, the full fourth trimester, obviously, we're, we're looking at 12 weeks. But, like, um, for a lot of these, it's like 40 days or kind of 42 days. Um... The Amish of Tennessee, USA, the new mother is provided with organized support from extended family members and the community and other cultures that practice a similar period of organized support. Nigerian, Jordanian, um, Korean, Guatemalan, um, Eastern Indian, Hindus and Chinese. So a lot of these like kind of rest periods and recovery periods and supported um, postnatal periods um sometimes they involve like certain types of foods um and i know like we've talked before about um galactagogues you know in different countries and all that so that like this kind of that element um sorry okay. uh sometimes there are like special types of massage that they do um for you know new families um new moms 
Um, Imagine someone coming in and massaging you after you've had a baby. Imagine your shoulders being massaged. (gasps) Oh my God, yeah. That's the dream. I remember my aunt gave me a shoulder massage when I was feeding... I think I was feeding Rosa, but she was probably about six months old. But it was honestly the nicest thing ever. It was just like the dream. Anyway, and I constantly forget to do it to other people. Um, <laughs> if anyone sees me and they're postpartum, please ask me for a shoulder rub. I will give it to you. No problem. Yeah. A former no problem. Um, ward manager that I used to work with um, used to tell all of the women's partners mm-hmm. um, to give them like upper back and shoulder rubs. Yeah. To help relax them and help their milk to come in and yeah. everything. She used to go around and teach the partners how to do it. Like so nice. It was so lovely. And then if any of us had come in in the morning to start a shift and we had like a particularly bad shift the shift before or like one day I remember going in and being like, I slept horrendously. I was having these really bad dreams and I'm so tired and blah, blah, blah. She just was like, put your head down on the desk there, dear. And she gave me rubs oh, while I took hand over. So sweet. It was so That's nice. So nice. exception so nice. in HSE hospital. <laughs> yeah that was behind closed doors <laughs> um but um yeah so anyway there's like herbal baths all these different things anyway but basically like what it comes down to is like so much of this this is not happening in western cultures you know people in the east and in the global south respect the institution of mm. you know motherhood new parenthood the change that it brings with it um and the understand the impact of yeah support. i think it's so 100 yeah, so infused into their cultural practices yeah. that they don't need to learn about what matrescence is because yeah. they That's just, just yeah. what it is. are already honoring yeah. absolutely. it absolutely absolutely that's it whereas here we are undoing so much that has gone on in the last i don't know and then as we said like commodifying it all so like teaching new families that they need to get meal delivery services and like just export everything like that instead of god forbid relying on people in their lives yeah like you can do antenatal um sleep courses which we will cover we will be doing an episode on sleep in and of itself but uh (laughs) that's series three that's series three, but you can um, you can do a course that gives you a schedule for you, that you start on day one yeah. with your baby. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, there's and so like, much. It just must make it so much harder than when those things don't work. Yeah, like when you realize your baby's not I, a robot. Yeah, like I know I wasn't expecting Nell to do anything kind of mad, and when she wasn't sleeping during the day, I was like at my wits end yeah. going yeah. am I broken is she broken how are we gonna do fix yeah. this and then you just like I would have been nine billion times more stressed if there was a piece of paper telling me she was supposed to be doing x y and z by day three yeah yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent. absolutely um yeah it's it's very um yeah okay I, I think we've kind of covered how we, we don't have the respect for it that we should in this <laughs> part of we the could world go on. we could go on but we're we heading into on. old Yannick Boom territory um, of really long of the things actually <laughs> a few of the things actually that I was looking into about the matrescence thing were about how western women could begin to reintroduce some of these like rituals and traditions mm. into their mm. lives and that maybe it's not necessarily about 
the practices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but about doing something that's meaningful to you in your life. Mm-hmm to honor that so like for some people at the end of the 40 days they have some sort of a ceremony or a ritual or a tradition to say that the new mother is now coming out into the world that her rest period is over and that maybe you know you don't want to have a big party about that or some sort of thing but even if you do something nice with you and your partner to be like my kind of you know my transition time is here yeah. and I'm emerging as my new self yeah. and yeah. my two the two parts of my identity who I was before and who I am now as a mom are here and they're together and all that kind of thing it'd just be a nice thing to maybe think of even if you just wanted to like honor it yourself in some small yeah. way yeah yeah imagine just wrapping your head around um thinking about staying home for 40 days no I know like we've all yeah. been through lockdown but like yeah you know but we're so conditioned to be like oh my yeah. god you couldn't stay at home for 40 days you'd go mad yeah. like mm. uh, like I always say to people um because one of our colleagues used to say to me she's like two weeks in the bed two weeks on the mm. bed two weeks near the yeah. bed and I quite often say to people when I am visiting them at home and I'm saying to them like don't get yourself overwhelmed with visitors you know but like have visit like see people but they need to be comfortable seeing you in your pajamas and then they're like, yeah. and then they're kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you know. And it's kind of like, uh, and actually, well, that was going to be my uh, bit of advice when we get into that bit. But like, you know, just imagine, just imagine staying at home for forty days after you've had your baby, and how well people's breastfeeding might go, and how yeah. you know, and how yeah. rested you might, how, how rested well, you, you could be, relatively um, rested, yeah. And like, but if you were staying at home for all of that time, you would maybe not feel so like weird about sleeping in the middle of the day when your baby is sleeping yeah because you would know that that's all part and parcel of it yeah it's 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 you're in a different rhythm yeah Mm. but have you any more suggestions Roisin as to what people could do to add an element of I think maybe just thinking starting to think about themselves in that space yeah. and of doing small things to honor the fact that they're going through something yeah you know even as small as just carving out five minutes to like to do some deep breathing and be like today I did this as a new mom and that was hard or that was really enjoyable or I didn't I thought I was gonna like x and I don't you know just to really honor the feelings that you're feeling to give yourself the space to have those emotional highs and lows like I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that a new mom has time to fucking journal do you know (laughs) do you know what I mean like no but like even just talking about it with your friends of being honest and saying I actually feel like I felt when I'm I was a fucking teenager I think I'm going mad one minute I love the baby and the next minute I want to run out in front of a bus yeah do you know just to really vocalize those feelings I think is so important even to be able to say to your partner the things that you're feeling when they're the worst and the things that you're feeling when they're the best and like I was so shocked actually when my sister said to me because I thought she loved having a newborn but actually she said she that's the hardest part for her 
you know, people are always like, oh, new baby, squishy, cuddly, lovely. Mm, 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 it's so nice mm. and everything. She was like, no, she found it so hard. This per- this little thing that's so dependent on you and can't tell you what it wants. And you're, you're just guessing all the time. And it's kind of fraught a lot of the time. And she's like, I much prefer whatever age range she said next. Yeah. And I always thought I was going to love having a baby. And actually, I found it really challenging. Yeah. And that was something that I had to really process with myself Mm. was while I loved her and there was lovely parts to it I really did feel that sense of being in a state of flux and of being like not having kind of steady ground underneath me Mm. that I was Mm. changing yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah it's and not of not knowing where it was going my identity as a new mom yeah yeah yeah. actually it's interesting that you've kind of brought it back to that because um you know there's just such a when, the more and more that I'm thinking about what you're talking about, the, about the matrescence and about what you are becoming and this just this obsession that people have with getting back to who you were yeah. before yeah. you had the baby. But you can't be that person again because no. yeah, they're you're different. gone. You're different. Yeah. You are a different person now. Like, you know, whatever, like you don't have to like suddenly be like a mom and dress like a mom, whatever that means to people. Like, but... And okay, I'm just going to quote Mother Pod again because they also did an episode on like dressing yourself after you've had a baby. Because there is like there's a whole like there's a massive, massive, massive change. Um, yeah. But there something is you can get your boobs such... out of that fits. Yeah. yeah. That was that was the yes. essence of, of a lot of what they said in the episode. But like. Elasticated. Um, but yeah, it's just there's just so much like I can't wait to get back to X. I can't wait yeah. to get back to whatever yeah and I think it's like okay honor that if you do want some elements of that former Mm. you and also then maybe acknowledge that your experience of those previous things now might be different do you know I think there's like as you're saying there's so much pressure to go back and to get back to your normal life and to be out Mm. and to go Mm. out and to get a babysitter you know and to feel like yourselves without your child and all this kind of stuff and to not lose yourself into this new identity but actually to just say maybe that's okay yeah Yeah. like maybe yeah and maybe maybe parts of me as me will come back and maybe it will happen in ways and at times that I just don't know Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. that's probably like I didn't really I think get that of kind of accepting things as they are yeah probably until Nell was one at least and on there's some days today was a very hard toddler day in this house it was very hard to accept toddlers as they are today Yeah. yeah and like it's like but then there are days when I'm like today is just today and whatever happens today and we'll you know that's like such a big thing for me I think yeah yeah it's so true Roisin yeah be in the moment yeah oh yes yeah yeah um okay so let's go on from this what do you wish you'd known what do you wish you had known have we kind of all covered that or what do you wish we had you had known heading into the fourth trimester um I wish I'd known that I was going to be 
breastfeeding for around 75% of the day a night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, ten, for 10 weeks and then it would ease up. Somebody else told me 10 weeks actually before. It was yeah. 10 weeks. I, I And yeah. I I had all these different weird figures in my head of um till my milk comes in, uh, till two weeks, till six weeks. And then at 10 weeks, I started getting gaps of like maybe two hours between yeah. feeds. Yeah. But um, that was one thing that I wish I knew because I, there was times when it just felt endless and I just thought... And people would say to me, no, it, it, you know, she won't feed like this forever. And I just didn't believe them. Yeah. And it was, you know, but obviously I. That's something I suppose I will know for the future and would say to other people, yeah. you know, a friend. Yeah. I remember a friend said to me, I was around nine weeks in and she was like, for me, she was like, for me, it was around 12 weeks of sitting on the couch. And I was like, yeah. OK. And then I kept yeah. that in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So to have a realistic expectation. Yeah, well, also, I suppose other people like it depends because then other people have can have different experiences like that was just yeah. mine, you yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah um, true. And the best advice I got was don't try to control the situation. Yeah. Don't try and yeah. don't think that you that anything that you're doing is going to affect your baby's behavior. Like you can't make them yeah, do that's anything. Such a good one. So just you have to basically, she just said, surrender to it, go with the flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that was great because I just didn't look at it. I didn't look at any sleep advice. I didn't read any no. thing about it. I didn't listen to anything. And I was so much better before I started reading anything about that kind of stuff. So I'm so glad. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Really good. Mm. Um, Will I say mine? Um, Yes. Yeah, go, go. uh, I think I wish that I had known uh, to respect the process. Like I very much, particularly after I had my first baby, was very much like need to get out need to do this need to do that like I think we went for like brunch when she was eight days old or something Mm. bananas do you know what I mean like um like I really wish I had just allowed myself to just catch my breath and be like yeah I just need to stay at home and I need to sit under her her and feed her and have skin to skin and uh, you know I think that that would have made my 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 recovery long term mm. easier um so yeah i think that that for me just to respect the the process of it and just to kind of more succumb to that would have been would have been really beneficial for me um advice um i don't know i can't i can't remember a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> Well, what advice would you, what advice would you give? Write everything down. Yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give then to someone? What would be your top tip? Um, I think to protect your space. So to, to welcome support, like practical support like that. People bringing you food. If you mm. have somebody to bring you food, let them bring you food. 
And if you have somebody who's going to take your washing, let them take your washing. Like use that support. But like I was saying about if somebody isn't comfortable seeing in your pajamas, well, then they can come and see you at a later date, you know, like that kind of thing. So to to protect your space, not be having loads of randomers in to, Mm. you know, that you feel that you have to entertain them then, you know, when they when they come like somebody should come to your house and make you a cup of tea. Like you don't need to get up and make them tea, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, which I know is something that we say to people all the time, but like, I really, really think, and obviously I appreciate that when there's a baby born, like there's massive excitement, like without a doubt, like it Mm. is so exciting and it's so wonderful and it's so lovely, but it can also be bloody hard. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just protecting your space, protect your space and just respect the process guys. Okay. Yeah. Those, Those are, are nice. Ones, yeah. Those are really nice. Um and then yeah, worst advice um well, I was advised apart from I, the couch to 5k. Apart from the couch to 5k. Um I was advised when my child was 4 weeks old that I should give her a soother because she was only having short feeds like she literally she now she was feeding every 90 minutes around the clock it was bananas i had no, had no sleep so somebody with the best of intentions advised me to give her a soother um and then she'd get a bit of sleep and then she'd wake up hungry and then you'd have full breasts and then she'd have a better feed and blah 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 anyway it worked for like 24 hours then my supply dropped the whole thing was a nightmare um so not that yeah <laughs> that was that was the worst bit of advice that i received but Equally, that same advice works really well for other people. I know, that's it, you isn't know, it? It's, it's very individualised and I think, yeah, it's very hard to, you know. Roshi looks really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, Roshi? Oh yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry, okay. You, did, Hang on one you did a look as if you hadn't pressed record. <laughs> No, I have pressed Yannick Boom, yeah. the most professional midwife podcast <laughs> in Ireland. Sorry, my uh, device that I'm speaking to the girls on was about to okay, die. I Okay, I was just like, you did a look of, of horror on your face that was like, I haven't hit record. <laughs> no, Kev just came in and handed me Bluetooth headphones to use. And I was like, I couldn't say because we're recording. I don't know what to do with these. Do I just watch? So I was just like, I'm going to unplug from the girls here and my fuck everything up. Oh, we're all good. We're all good. But I'm okay. Um, okay, Roisin. So give us yours, your bits. Yours, your, both of yours really made me think. Um, so what I had, what I wish I had known is probably... That I didn't have to present to the world that everything was okay. Yeah. Um, I think when someone asks you, how are you doing? It's an automatic thing to be like, I'm grand, I'm grand, mm-hmm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you kind of mm, joke about it and say, she doesn't sleep, but like, it's all grand or the feeding <laughs> shit. It's all grand, <laughs> yeah. you know? And you kind of make fun of yourself nearly and instead maybe yeah I do wish I'd said more I'm finding it hard yeah Mm. 
I t- it took me a long time I think to say to myself and to other people that I found probably from week eight to week 16 really difficult mm, mm, mm. like now like I used to be texting huge girls and anyone being like she closed her eyes for four minutes yeah yeah and like now there's seven hours until bedtime what do I do how do I like and I think then we went into lockdown and I had nowhere to go I had no one to meet Mm. for coffee Mm. I had we weren't supposed to go to people's houses nobody was supposed to come to my house and she wasn't sleeping and I was with her all day long and I think in my head I was like I must be doing something wrong I must have missed something I must have spoiled her I must have ruined her I must have I shouldn't be breastfeeding her to sleep that's obviously Mm. the problem or what you know I was looking all the time for that Mm. and I think I wanted to be able to say to people she goes to sleep and I don't have to rock her and I don't have to you know I thought that's what I was supposed to be saying was presenting this front yeah when actually maybe if I just said to more people somebody fucking get over here and hold this child for me (laughs) yeah like there was probably two days where I it was really bad and one of those days Kev was working from home at the time and I think I'd gone out for a walk and I'd walked from our house to Monkstown and then from Monkstown to Blackrock and then from Blackrock back to our house and Nell hadn't closed her eyes once and I walked upstairs to Kev and I just started sobbing, crying. And I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to go to John's Cornell's Court yeah. crying. Yeah, yeah. And I just went to John's Cornell's Court with tears running down my face. And I just walked around because I couldn't sit in the house yeah. anymore yeah. with her yeah. not doing what she was quote unquote supposed to be doing. And with me, what I thought was failing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was very hard on myself in those eight weeks. Um, And then the other time I went up to my sister, who also had a new baby, which is really awful when I think about it, because she had like a six week old (laughs) or something. And I just walked up and I'd left Nell in the car and I just walked onto the patio where she was with her four year old and her newborn baby trying with her husband trying to work from home. And I just was like, I don't, I I can't be her mom anymore. I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm, I'm, it's not working. Like someone else needs to take her because I'm not doing it right. And I think, I wish I had known there isn't a right way to do it. There's just the day to day. Yeah. And if you get some things right today, it's okay. And if you don't, it's okay too. Yeah. 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 And you're, you're finding your way through every day and to just be really kind to yourself in that. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to kind of get up and if you've had a bad day or a bad night and just think to yourself, I'm just going to start over. Yeah. I'm starting yeah, I fresh. Always, I was kind of thinking in those hard weeks that I was doing something wrong, that I hadn't managed to get to know Nell well enough. And that was why I didn't know what worked for her, you know. Yeah. And I was just really hard on myself. Yeah. So I wish I'd known that. God. Um best advice I got um so like so much good advice I think probably from Mm. I think from my sister maybe um she had her first baby over in the UK and so they got kind of a nice 
sweet spot of family weren't there all the time. Yeah. They were coming some of the time. And so they'd have a period of three or four days where there'd be lots of visiting. And then they'd have a period of sometimes two or three weeks where it was just them. And I think her telling me that being just the three of them was so important in getting to know the three of them as a little new family yeah. um was to, like to give yourself that time and that it's okay to say sorry you can't come today yeah, yeah definitely yeah. or to, huge or to text people and say i know i said it but i can't but I actually yeah can't. yeah to be okay with that is probably yeah the best advice that mm. um and worst advice did I probably what I said earlier about like you have to leave the baby, your baby. <laughs> yeah try try and plan a fucking date night for yourselves before six weeks I was uh, like, and like as you're changing your maternity pads in the restaurant toilet <laughs> my life wasn't it yeah um, no didn't Mount Carmel Mount Carmel used to keep the baby for a night uh before you'd go home like postnatally and you could go for dinner with your, your oh husband. really yeah imagine mm. sitting down on your stitches yeah my mom um, had one of my sisters in Chicago and like whatever time of the day or night you had them the following night um, they took the baby for the whole night and they brought a steak dinner into you and your partner on a silver service tray <laughs> and they left you two in the room to have your romantic evening together Boke. I couldn't imagine anything no worse. thanks no. no I couldn't imagine, imagine. anything worse oh my god no god no um, yeah so I think like yeah, worst advice. Don't tell people when they should or shouldn't go out after having a baby. Yeah. Let them, Let tell, them tell you. Let them tell you when they're ready. Yeah. Some people really need to go out. Some people really yeah. don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Well. That was lovely. I think that kind of wraps us up. I think we've had a really good, this is kind of our first proper episode. Yeah. Uh, of back. season two. Yeah. Okay, let's go with it. This is season two. Yannick, boom. Season two. <laughs> We've got this. Love it. Thank you for listening. Um, please follow us on social media. Uh, Yannick underscore boom underscore pod. Thank you. Glad you and, remember that. And um, email is yannickboompodcast at gmail.com. Um, I just was I know none of those I was just catching up with some email correspondence so and I responded to some emails from people that they sent in 2021 so apologies (laughs) Um, we've been busy but we're back in action Um, I also we will mention so we'll put some books in the show notes but the first 40 days um, is a really good book yeah Um, talking about everything that we've been talking about and then there is an Irish woman called Leila O'Mara, who is new and new online. Yeah. And she is doing oh, mother yeah, circles lovely. and she talks about matrescence and yeah, lots of really nice stuff. So she is new and new online on um, Instagram. Yeah. So. Really nice. Okay. So. Um, brilliant okay so look at um, we will we will chat to you guys soon please send us in your questions for our agony aunt dear Fanny and um, yeah thanks so much to everyone for getting in touch after our last episode bye thanks bye. Bye. bye bye 
While we are medical professionals and we love answering your questions, this pod should never be used in place of a real-life consultation with a midwife or a doctor. If you have a serious concern about your health or a medical emergency, please go to your GP or to a hospital.